Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon. I am part of a group of private practitioners who have taken client care into our own hands. We are skilled clinicians who pride ourselves on providing high quality care to our clients and their families. We are fighting against productivity requirements, administrative red tape, and unnecessary restrictions. We started our own private practices to take control of our professional and personal lives, of our schedules, of our incomes, of our future. We work hard for our clients, but on our terms. We believe in helping others, but also helping ourselves. We are not interested in competing with each other because we hope we'll all make it. We are successful private practitioners, and these are our stories. Um, would you mind sharing your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? Yes, my name is Kelly Warren Jewart, and my practice is in a small town in Texas called Hockley. We're just a few minutes northwest of Houston. Nice. About, depending on where in Houston, about 20 minutes maybe. Mm -hmm. And our practice is called Cowboy Up Therapies. So we okay. utilize hippotherapy in conjunction with our treatment plans. So much to talk about with that. I can't wait to dive into just about hippotherapy and about all of the amazing stuff that you're doing with your clients. Before we get into where you are now, can you give everybody a little bit of your backstory in terms of, you know, where you started that kind of led you on the path that you are now? Absolutely. So it started, the path started in college. I did some volunteer work for a place that provided hippotherapy mm -hmm. and just fell in love with it. The kids just, they just lit up when they saw their horse and um, there's so many functional things that you can do. Um, so, so that was what kind of piqued my interest. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so I, I spent the first about 10 years of my my career in a hospital setting and inpatient rehab um, kind of worked my way up to manager level and um, thinking, you know, that would make, I could make more of an impact as a manager level. And, mm -hmm. but that it ended up being kind of the opposite. There's, there's so much red tape and kind of what you say in the, um, the little first little clip, the, um, what do you call that? Yeah. Like the introduction. Introduction. Thank you. Yeah. There's uh -huh. so much red tape and there's so much, um, so many rules that you have to follow that it just, it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like it was what I want. It's not patient treatment anymore. It's, you're just more focused on the meetings and focused on all the regulations. So I kind of stepped back and I said, you know what? I 
I want to go back to where I started. And so um, I said, maybe it's time to try. And um, so um, I, I just, I actually just got one client and I didn't quit my job. I didn't do anything. I just said, you know what? I'm going to pick up one client. I had a friend whose um, kiddo was a proxic. So, you know, I said, I'll give you a reduced rate. I just want to trial this and see how it goes. And so um, I did. And then I was hooked. It just took the one. So that's fantastic. So you were at this inpatient rehab and was that with kids, adults, both? Uh, mostly adults. Mostly adults. Okay. So you did the inpatient rehab. You kind of rose in the ranks and discovered that you didn't actually like that as much, I think, because it didn't feel as fulfilling. Is that right? Right. It did at first. And mm -hmm. then over time, it just all the changes. Um, it was just, it, I didn't feel like it was patient care anymore. Right. Right. And then that's no fun. So then this one opportunity came along. And before this time, had you ever really thought about private practice? Yes, because I did want to open, um, I did want to open a practice offering hippotherapy. Right. So it was something I, it was kind of a little bit later in life. I wasn't really thinking I would do it right now. Um, I was thinking maybe in five years or so, but, mm -hmm. um, but it just kind of fell in my lap. And I said, you know what, I'm going to slowly tiptoe into this. And so Love it. So you, so you got your first client, this, this kiddo with apraxia. Yeah. And then, then what happened next? So, well, then I, I kind of realized, oh, I can do this. I, I remember getting in my car because I went to, to the kid's house. And I remember starting to drive there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is my own client. Like, this is, it just started feeling just amazing. So, um, and then I just had so much, like, I, I poured myself out into trying to, figure out how to help this kiddo. And, um, it, it just, I took so much ownership of it. So, um, cause so you then, have that control again. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, um, so then I formally opened up cowboy up therapies and still had my full-time job, but just would see some people on a Saturday and, um, and it was slow at first. The, I, actually, actually, my first client was pretty quick. Mm -hmm. um, but then after that, it was kind of slow. But I started, they started coming in. And, and then I went to um, PRN. And so now I do some PRN and then my private practice. So I have two days private practice, two days or three days PRN. And um, so I've just kind of pieced it together. I, I, that sounds fantastic. So can you tell me a little bit more or tell, tell the listeners really like, what is your setup like? Like, what does it look like to be a private practitioner who offers hippotherapy? Tell us, how does that work? Okay. So there's a couple different things that you can do. What I did, I've always had horses my whole life. So I, um, I already had the horses or I had the barn. I'd already built the barn. And so I had my, uh, my location already. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I've spent a lot of time training horses. So, um, I was able to train my own horses to do, uh, hippotherapy. So, so I can talk a little bit about what mine looks like, but then there's some other models too. Yeah. Um, so, so what we do is the kiddos come and we spend a couple minutes, maybe doing a little bit of, um, just kind of initial, um, informal assessment, 
and then um, then we'll get on the horse. And so while while the kid is on the horse, we're um, we're playing games. Like maybe if the if the child is not speaking yet, maybe we're trying the ready, set, and they want the horse to go. They love it when the horse goes. Um, so so that encourages them to fill in the blank. Nice. Oh, also, although this is always a question I forget to answer, whenever the child is on the horse, I'm always walking next to the child and they have a safety belt on and I'm always holding on to the child right. and, and then somebody's leading the horse. <laughs> so, um, so they're never, unless they're older, when they're older, then they can ride by themselves. But, um, so I'm always there. <laughs> um, so maybe with some older verbal kids, we're, we're going on a treasure hunt or, um, we're playing I spy. Um, so all kinds of, all kinds of games. Um, I put little characters around so they have to say, you know, go find Minnie Mouse or, um, and then maybe Minnie Mouse has a question they have to answer. So there's lots of, lots of things. So, so, so um, you're using the horse just at, I mean, I don't know if I'm getting this right or not, but as like the environment. Yes. Right? And so you're able to manipulate the environment, which in this case, rather than being a therapy room, is actually a horse and the mm -hmm. barn, yes, right? Exactly. Cool. So, um, and then also the movement is key. So with hippotherapy, the whole the whole idea is the movement of the horse. Mm -hmm. um, that's what stimulates our sensory system. So you've got the you've got the movement. You've got the um, the pelvis tilt and rotation and I forget all the move, all the it's like tilt, rotation, and um, lateralization, mm -hmm. and um, and then so the horse is moving. So you're getting that sensory feedback, that visual feedback, the smell, um, adrenaline is up because you know the kid's excited. Um, alertness levels are are higher. Um, these children have never been that high up before so they can see we unfortunately don't have any trees so they can see for for a long way so it's just all of this heightened heightened awareness and um, heightened arousal so um so all of these all of these factors help come into um improving motivation and increasing the excitement level and so that's fantastic so my next question related to um the the therapy is how long are your sessions yeah so most of them are about an hour so we do about 20 30 minutes on the horse depending on the child and then we get off and we um we maybe we play a game in the yard or we go i have a treatment room that's inside the barn that has all the traditional toys and so maybe we go in and have more of a traditional um therapy setting in there so it's um it's both on the horse and off the horse so i do have a a couple kiddos maybe they're just working on articulation and um so that that may be 30 minutes so they come on the horse or they come and they get on the horse and then we work we go through their their words and we say them three times or we put them in a sentence and we're working on um phonological awareness that's great. And how, how is this like mostly once a week or do you see people twice a week? Um, once to twice a week. Yeah. Once to twice a week. Yeah. That, so, and then what, how many people right now would you say are on your caseload? 
Right now I'm up about 10. Okay, great. Yeah. Great. Getting up there. Getting up there. Fantastic. Okay. My next question is how do you, are there a lot of other people offering hippotherapy in your area or is this relative? I mean, I know that Texas has like lots of horses and whatnot, but is this, um, something where you have a lot of other private practices doing similar work that you are having to kind of navigate a little bit of competition with this, or is this new for your area? What is, what does that kind of look like? Yeah. So it's, it is a little bit newer for my area, which is odd because you're mm -hmm. right. We're in Texas. You would think uh -huh. that everyone would be using this, but, um, mm -hmm. there are, so there's a lot of therapeutic writing centers. So therapeutic writing centers, a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, so therapeutic writing that could be adaptive writing that could be horsemanship. Um, so what hippotherapy is, is in order to call it hippotherapy, you have to um, have a licensed speech, physical, or occupational therapist. So, um, so in terms of hippotherapy, I am the only one that I know of in this area mm -hmm. that offers speech therapy um, along with hippotherapy. There's a couple of places that offer OT, uh, physical therapy. Mm -hmm. and I think there may be a place that's more up north that may have speech as well, but um, but I don't know of anyone else doing speech and hippotherapy okay in my area in your area okay and where do most of your referrals come from of facebook or um other clinicians so i'm trying to figure out this whole facebook ad thing right now i'm just kind of throwing it out there um but and then also other clinicians so other therapists that i've worked with who know what I'm doing now it, it, it does kind of stand out so mm -hmm. um, so they do think of me and um, send people my way um, yeah I've had a couple from doctor's offices but nice well I think I would assume that one of the the things that you have both going in your favor and then not quite in your favor is just the novelty of this whole thing right so not only are you you have to communicate to people about your own clinical skills just you know as a speech pathologist but you also have to educate people about what hippotherapy is how it works and how it can work for you know x client population right right exactly right so those are two things that i think are really important for your marketing to do a similar although very different you know service delivery model would be telepractice right mm -hmm. where people kind of know that they have you know that telepractice is a thing or maybe people have heard about it but it's still an emerging service delivery model so therefore you not only have to highlight your clinical skills but how this method is beneficial you know in comparison to quote-unquote regular therapy Right, right. A lot of people think that um, one of the misconceptions that I'm always dealing with is people think I'm kind of like the, the last chance therapy. Like, mm. okay, we'll try it. We'll start with traditional. And then if that doesn't work or, or that's good for those kiddos that maybe tried traditional and it didn't work. And I'm always saying, no, 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 no. You can start with me. Yeah. We're doing all of the traditional. Yeah. Um, it just happens to be on a horse. Right. So people always think, oh, you must just work with the really hard or behavior. No, I, I work with kiddos who um, developmental delayed, articulation, mm -hmm. um, phonology, all of those things that you would work on 
typically that you can do on a horse. Well, and you're giving people something to talk about, right? Yeah. I mean, because mm -hmm. they're, they're doing something very different than they normally do in their regular life. And when people do something that's different, they want to talk about it. Exactly. And, and the kids get excited because they're going to ride a horse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's fantastic. So yeah. what are your next steps do you see? Like what is, does, um, right now, as of this recording, it's um, just after July 4th, Independence Day, uh, 2018. So what do you think the next, you know, the remainder of 2018 looks like for you? Yeah, so it's, it's a super exciting time right now because we're bringing on OT. So I have, um, I have an OT who started kind of working with me and then with one kiddo, she ended up having to go back to work full time. So I found a um, OT assistant mm -hmm. who is really interested. So she came out and I had the OT come out and they met. So the OT is going to still supervise her. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was kind of fun starting to get the team together. And because yes. um, I love, I love working on a team and, so, um, so, so having more OT, um, kiddos and, mm -hmm. and trying to also, one of the things I'm trying to figure out is so, since we are private pay, how, how do people get speech and OT in private pay? And yeah. so, um, so kind of trying to figure out how to make it affordable and, and also pay the OT, pay the OT, the CODA, mm -hmm. uh, pay myself. So. Right. 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 Everybody needs to get paid. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. so, so figuring out how to do that while still being um, affordable to the private pay clients. And then right. I love the idea of offering, you know, multidisciplinary because some kids really need that and can benefit from, um, you know, multiple uh, whatever disciplines looking at them and whatever their more complex needs are. So I think that's a great new direction. So hopefully we can um, get you some more clients um, via Facebook or other methods. Um, yeah. I know that you're in the private practice solution, which I'm very excited and happy to have you in that group. And that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about in the next couple weeks is specifically Facebook ads. Because oh, the trick with Facebook ads is that, so when you do Facebook advertisement, that's called interruption marketing. So you have people who are scrolling their newsfeed, looking at pictures of kids and dogs and political stuff or whatever, and you have to present something to them that is gonna interrupt whatever they're doing and bring them someplace else. So it has to be something that is going to positively disrupt the pattern of behavior of you know scrolling with their thumb or whatever and bring them to another place so the facebook ad has to be enticing to get them to pay attention to you and once they get to your website your landing page an offer something you, the first thing you really want to do is to really try to collect their email address or get them to somehow sign up for something with you so that you can follow up with them, right? So you have to have something that's intriguing and then you have to you know, do a little bit of educate, continue to intrigue, but the, the, what you really wanna do is to try to get them to go to your page and if possible, leave your email, their, leave their email address so that you can follow up with them. 
because if they just come to your website and they think, oh, this is nice. Oh, how lovely. This, this woman seems to do, you know, therapy with horses. I don't really know if that could work. I'm, you know, going to leave. Right. Mm -hmm. If you give them something compelling that they're like, oh, how interesting. Yeah, actually, I would like to know more because this sounds really kind of different, but you know, my kid has had a lot of different therapy where we'll kind of try anything at this point. Um, let me email, let me leave my email address and see see what this woman has to say. Then you get into their um, like into their life a little bit, and you can share your story. You can talk about how horse therapy has worked or how hypotherapy, sorry, has worked, and you can you can start to share this evidence with them, and then that will help start to develop that relationship, and then hopefully they'll then make contact with you, book a session, an evaluation, or whatever. So the Facebook ad strategy is really one where you have to first interrupt what they're doing on Facebook because they're not on Facebook to look for hippotherapy. Right. They're on Facebook to do fun stuff, right? But yeah. while they're doing whatever they're doing, you're going to remind them that, oh, hey, you know, in so many words, oh, hey, you know someone who needs therapy. <laughs> have you tried this kind of therapy? It's worth trying because it has these amazing results, here's how to learn more. Okay, that's very interesting. I hadn't really thought about the interruption marketing. That's interesting, that's very true. Well now, exactly, now that next time you go on Facebook, mm -hmm. pay attention to what you click on that takes you off Facebook and think, just think about what that is and think about why, what drew my attention from that ad or what drew my attention, what from that article drew my attention away from continuing to scroll. And that's the kind of psychology that you have to get into thinking about how am I going to appeal to my target audience in a way that's going to break that pattern for them. Okay. Very interesting. So that's, that's one thing that I want to talk to with, with you and then with, you know, a lot of other people, um, in the group. So I think that's great. So if you can, can continue to bring on, you know, some other disciplines, mm -hmm. keep getting referrals from physicians and just continue to stay, you know, stay strong in your, do you, do you want to increase to more than two days per week yeah. or are you pretty, okay. Yeah. I want this to be my full-time gig. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I like that you're keeping the PRN stuff for just consistency and you know, whatever, but yeah, let's, we're going to continue to work hard to try to get you uh, more private pay clients. Yes. That is the goal. Nice. So before we wrap up, are there any other tips or um, things that you've learned that you want to share with the audience or things that you wanted to say in this conversation that you didn't get to say yet? Um, yes. So kind of what I touched on about just the one client, um, and that's what I encourage. I've, I've, now that I've started my private practice, I'm always like shouting it from the rooftops. Yes. If you even think about a private practice, do it. It's so awesome. And I tell everybody, just get one person, just get one client and try it out. Um, try out the note taking process. And, mm -hmm. um, and that was something that I kind of, one of the things that I would tell people is I went and I got my EMR electronic medical record. And then about a year later, I ended up canceling that because it just wasn't really 
-hmm. for me, just one person, it wasn't really that needed. Now, if I have multiple clinicians, then yes, we'll go back to that. But um, there's other HIPAA compliant ways to do your documentation. Yeah. Um, the other thing is if somebody ever is interested in hippotherapy and they don't have um, an arena, they don't have a horse, mm -hmm. there are a lot of um, facilities out there that have the arenas and horses that you can rent. Mm -hmm. So there's a facility fee. Like I provide that. No one's ever taken me up on it, but mm -hmm. I provide for a facility fee. Um, if you want to come out with your client and um, do and try hippotherapy, then, then I will be there. I will kind of guide the way on the hippotherapy side of things. Mm -hmm. um, but then the, the clinician would do the therapy with the patient on the horse. And so I would provide the horse, I'd provide the materials and um, maybe some ideas of things to try. And um, so that, that I know when I've gone to the um, American Hippotherapy Association, I've gone to several of their courses, that's what a lot of the clinicians do is they, they don't have their own facility, but they mm -hmm. go to the local barn and say, mm -hmm. Hey, do you have a good horse I can rent for this time and this slot? And so there's other, other options too. That is fascinating. I never would have thought of that as an option. Yeah. That's yeah. great. So if anyone who's listening to this happens to be in the Houston area, <laughs> give yeah. Find me. Get in touch with Kelly because it sounds like she's got a lot to offer locally. And then, um, and what is your website, Kelly, so people can find you? It's www.cowboyuptherapies.com. And it's plural, therapies. Nice. That's right, therapies, because you were looking ahead, right? Yes. Being yes. multidisciplinary. Yes. Very smart. Lots of therapies. Lots of therapies. Lots of good therapies. Hippotherapy is all that. I think that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much. This has been our first, you've been our first um, interview so far with anyone who's doing any kind of animal assisted therapy. And I know that that's something that there are a lot of people who are interested in that. So thank you yeah. for being the first one to share that kind of story. Um, and just for being, you know, candid about, you know, getting started and your story of uh, you know, how you were originally inspired to do hippotherapy, but did the inpatient rehab thing, did the management thing. And then finally, years later, yeah. where you wanted to be, we just got to uh, help get you a little bit more business, but you're, you're, you're going solid so far. And I couldn't be more proud of you for that. Well, thank you, Jen. I appreciate that. You're welcome. You're welcome. It was with your help. I got your book three years ago when I started and that gave me some some drive and motivation like okay I can do this it was step by step it was awesome love it well you know it's all people say that kind of stuff all the time and that does make me feel all warm and fuzzy but um kudos to you for taking action right Thank you. I can give people a ton of resources I have given people a ton of resources and it's only the people who actually take the resources and use them yeah. who have the success. So, yeah. you know, kudos to you again for just being an, an action taker and a go-getter yeah. and finding a really cool and different niche that is having amazing results for these clients and, um, and rewarding for you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Fantastic. Well, thank you again for a wonderful interview.
and we'll be in touch. Sounds good. Thank you. Take care, Kelly. Okay, you too. Now that you've listened to the podcast, I hope that you're all fired up to help more people while making more money. If you need help starting or growing your private practice, I can help. I have created tons of high quality resources for beginning through established private practitioners alike to help you save time, money, and confusion. Just visit www.privatepracticeinfo.com and get instant access to everything from startup guides to marketing plans to ongoing support and mentorship and more. Listen, private practice can be complicated, but it doesn't have to be. My job is to simplify the process for you so that you can do what you do best, help people. But first, you have to help yourself. Just go to www.privatepracticeinfo.com and get the resources you need to succeed today. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT private practice beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.